welcome to another episode of the Just Can't Even podcast. I'm your host, Christine. Uh, and random side note, I am sitting in my office right now and I am for some reason wearing a like sweater in hot, humid weather and I'm absolutely fucking dying. Yet I refuse to take the sweater off. <laughs> Has anyone ever been like that? Like I'm so hot and gross, but like I'm also not gonna change my outfit. And for some reason I'm also comfortable. I don't know. Just side note. I'm like, what what am I doing here? What is wrong with me? Um, it's that weird transition time between summer and fall. We're like, I'm ready for fall clothes. We have like moments of fall, but it's not quite fall and it's summer. And I, I just don't know how to dress myself right now. I'm kind of all over the fucking place. So I'm going to power through (laughs) for the sake of this podcast. Um, but yeah, make sure to subscribe, rate, like, love, spread the joy, Um, make sure to check us out on social, just can't even podcast on Insta and just can't even pod on Twitter. And hopefully I'm going to be better about having like fun, interesting things on social media for you to actually go check out. Um, also other side note, I don't know if you can hear it. I don't know if the audio is going to be able to pick it up, but if you hear like random screaming and yelling, my husband and his friend are playing pool downstairs in our living room. So um, I don't know if you're wondering where that's coming from. I'm not, I'm fine. No one random is like breaking in. It's just my husband and his friend. Um, but happy end of summer. It's almost the end. It's kind of weird. Like I mentioned, we're heading to fall. I'm excited for fall, but it's definitely going to be sad to say goodbye to summer. Um, even just like my work life and like the, the pace at work has definitely picked up. I feel like there's like less, time for any vacation. There's no real trips planned. We're kind of at the end where there's really nothing fun going on (laughs) anymore. Um, So I don't know. It's kind of kind of a bummer. We had our last big summer hoorah about maybe two weeks ago. Uh, We went to a concert, actually. Um, Our first concert in like two years, because, you know, obviously. Uh, We went to the Fall Out Boy Weezer Green Day concert at Fenway. Sans follow boy. <laughs> COVID, COVID got another one. Um, they were supposed to be performing in like the night before they announced, I guess, someone who was like a staff member with them uh, tested positive and just out of precaution, they were going to have to cancel. So that was a bummer, but I'll kind of get into more of the concert in a bit. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is our first in almost two years. Funny is we were actually supposed to go to this concert last year. So last year it was supposed to be a really big concert summer for us. So we had tickets to this show and we also had tickets to Boston Calling. For those of you who don't know, it's like a three-day music festival. It's in Boston. Um, So it's like they're trying to be Coachella. They have like a Ferris wheel, but um, they do like a lot of bands. Like the big headliners were Rage Against the Machine, Foo Fighters, and Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then a bunch of other acts um, as well. And we were so excited. We bought like the full three-day like package. I mean, not like the fancy package, the bare one, the bare bones one. But uh, yeah, we were so excited to go. We we actually bought this tickets the night of my work holiday party. Like we got home drunk, eating like microwavable burritos <laughs> and impulse purchased these tickets. And honestly, I didn't regret it. Like you would think if you woke up the next day and realized you spent like $500 or like $600 on uh, concert tickets that you'd be regretting it. But nope, we, we still felt good. It was a good purchase. Um, 
I think the alcohol forced us to pull the trigger, but I was really excited. We were super happy. And then we all know what happened next, fucking COVID. And of course, everything started getting canceled. And so when Boston Calling got canceled, we we made the mistake of buying our tickets through SeatGeek, which is a mistake I will never make again because holy fucking shit, talk about a company that I just can't even with. That company is dead to me. They will never get a cent of my business. And I highly suggest that they never get a cent of yours. And my computer just like made it always. Don't ignore that. Um, and with the way they operate, they probably won't be in business much longer anyway. So we, you know, everything gets canceled. And so we reach out to SeatGeek to get our money back. And they were like, oh, it wasn't canceled. It was postponed. And because it was postponed, um, we're not going to give you your money back. And we were like, what are you fucking talking about postponed? It's a year, it's an annual festival of, yeah, it's going to happen next year, but this actual concert isn't happening next year. And also if you went on the Boston Calling website, the actual event says it's being canceled and the actual event is refunding tickets. So I want to be like, uh, what makes you think that you can say it hasn't been canceled when the actual event is treating like it's a canceled concert? So we were pissed. So we do a little digging on the internet turns out like fucking SeatGeek was getting sued because I guess like during the pandemic, they went in and changed like behind everyone's back, the terms and conditions where, you know, when like you have to buy something and you have to agree to the terms and conditions. Well, I guess they like changed the wording because before it was, if something got canceled, you did get your money back. And they tried to basically change it that basically you couldn't get your money back anymore because they were like bleeding money. They had to give all this money back. Well, um, I'm not a fucking lawyer, but I'm pretty sure when you sign a contract and you agree to terms and conditions, you can't just go ahead and like change your mind and like change the conditions. So they were getting sued. Chris and I were pissed. This is again, like five, $600. And we're like, what the hell? And again, this rate, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what the world was going to be like. Again, glad we didn't stick onto those tickets because guess what? It got canceled again this year. So fuck you, Seagate. But anyway, so one night we're upset, we're drinking. You know, theme of this theme of the show is we were drinking and we had to do tickets. Um, so we're drinking, we're getting angry, we're getting fired up, we're like trying to fight back for these tickets. I'm like rage tweeting at SeatGeek. I'm like, this is the worst company ever, like they'll steal your money, it's so sketchy, blah, blah, blah. I started going down the Twitter like rabbit hole and all these other people were complaining that they had tickets to things and because of COVID it got canceled and SeatGeek wasn't giving their money back. Like I I tweeted at like Elizabeth Warren, (laughs) my senator here in Massachusetts. And and, like, well, because she like does a lot of like consumer stuff and like, you know, loves to go after companies who like screw people, I thought. So I was like, let me tweet at her. So I tweeted at her, like, this company is like screwing consumers out of their money. You need to investigate them. I was on the Better Business Bureau, <laughs> like writing like a nasty thing about them. I like lost my damn fucking mind and I went off and like I'm like raged all over raging all over the internet. Um, and then I, so I told you, I I found an article that they're being sued. They're going to be part of this like class action lawsuit or whatever. And they mentioned the name of like the law firm that was like, um, representing this guy who started it. 
So I went and I found the law firm that was doing this. And I actually like reached out to them. <laughs> I filled out their contact form and was like, I see you representing against the SeatGeek thing. I was victimized too, blah, blah, blah. I filled out all this stuff, like hoping to like be a part of it. I don't know. I was drunk and I was angry and I felt this is what happens when I feel wronged. I am like a dog with a bone. I'm like coming after you. <laughs> so I just rage tweeted um, to SeatGeek. I rage tweeted to Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> I rage reviewed on the Better Business Bureau. And then I reached out to a law firm that is based in Michigan. <laughs> like, that's literally how I spent my evening. Um, and then Chris had the smart idea to do, I guess it's what called like a chargeback on the credit card where like you basically like reach out to the credit card company to like get your money back because like of shenanigans. And of course, like the next fucking day, SeatGeek finally gets back to us and finally is like, oh yeah, we're going to give you your money back. The thing was canceled. Here you go. And the, of course, because it's because the credit card company came running. So none of my internet were, none of my internet efforts proved fruitful, <laughs> but at the end of the day, whatever, we got our money back. That's all we cared about. And again, I'm glad we got it because again, it didn't happen this year. So we were right. They were wrong. Side <laughs> cut to a couple months later, the law firm from Michigan <laughs> that I reached out to actually called me and were like, we see you all, we're, we're doing this, you know, lawsuit against SeatGeek. We saw you reached out, like, we'd love to talk to you. <laughs> and I was this close to actually responding and like getting in on this shit because again, I've been wronged and I need to take down the man. And Chris was like, we've got our money back. Like, just fucking walk away. He's like, I don't want you to get riled up in like a lawsuit. <laughs> thinking. So I agreed. I was like, fine. I like, I'll let it, I'll let it go. So I never reached out to the law firm. So who knows? I could have been part of like, I could have gotten some like multi-million dollar settlement and like jokes on him. But yeah, it was like quite the experience. <laughs> and then when Boston Calling announced they were coming back for 2022, um, they were coming back with Rage, with Foo Fighters. And Rage was like the concert that Chris was like most excited about. And I'm really excited about Foo Fighters. Um, so we decided to actually repurchase the tickets and we bought them through Boston Collins. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not dealing with this third party bullshit anymore. Like we just bought them straight, straight from the source. So hopefully fingers crossed are going next year. So that'll be fun. Um, and again, same with at least the green day tickets we got back like easy, like that was good. You know, got our money back. I oh, know we didn't get our, yeah, we got our money back. And then we just, again, repurchased. We basically just repurchased everything that we were supposed to do in 2020 and just did it in 2021. Um, so yeah, there we go. Or 2022, we're repurchasing all of our concerts. Um, but yeah, so back to like a week ago or so when we went to the Green Day, I'm just going to call it the Green Day concert because I don't want to have to say like all fucking three bands like each time. Like, you know what I'm talking about. So it was at Fenway. I've never been to a concert at Fenway. I've obviously been to Fenway a bunch of times, but for baseball, not for a concert. It was definitely, it was really cool, by the way. It was really, really cool. Um, it was definitely like a different experience being at a concert in Fenway, um, at least logistically. So obviously Fenway gets really packed because, you know, it usually has like sold out games um, and like thousands and thousands of people there. And there were definitely probably a little less. I don't know how many people were at the concert versus how many people are at a typical game. I mean, the field was take like a lot of the seats were taken up by like having the stage up. Yeah, they had some people on the field, but so I don't know if it was the same. Part of me wants to say it was probably less people than at a Red Sox game. 
but I don't know if it's because of the, the nature of a concert. Holy shit. It was such a shit show getting around there. So obviously you have your opening act and then we had Weezer and then we had Green Day and there's always like a little bit of gap in between. Well, because I guess a baseball game is different because you kind of get up and get food and drinks and go to the bathroom whenever. There's really no beginning or end in like other than like obviously the start and end of the game. But at a concert, like you want to be there for the song. So like everyone leaves at one part, everyone comes back at another part. So every time there was like a like a break in between sets, like everyone would go out and try to like maneuver. And of course, not all of the things are open because it's not a full game. It was such a fucking clusterfuck. I have never seen anything like that. I'm sorry. I, I imagine it's like this at every fucking concert. If Fenway Park, to the people who own Fenway, <laughs> listen to me now. If you are going to host concerts, you need to be able to actually physically support the crowds at a concert. Like, call me crazy. Like, you literally went in there, people were packed in. Like, I've never rubbed up against people like this so much in so long. Again, in the middle of COVID, too, it was like, I threw my mask on when I was in there. Because it was like, it's a little too crowded for my taste. You couldn't get into the bathrooms. I've never really had that much problems with the bathroom at a game. The lines snaked all the way through the hallway area. At one point, I'm like running around trying to find like another bathroom, like thinking there might be some hidden bathroom. There was like a weird opening between like concession stands that like went out into like an opening, like of gravel. And they had a bunch of porta bodies there. And they didn't have any lines. So I was like, well, I guess I'll go. I used a fucking porta potty. That's how desperate I was that I was willing to use a porta potty at Fenway Park. Although they actually were in pretty good condition. Because I don't think anyone has used them. Like, I don't think anyone found them. There was like this weird hidden area that like took you to a path that like lit outside the stadium. It was wicked weird. But that was my solution. I got in, I got back, all good. Cut to the end of the concert. It's the end. I've been drinking. We're about to get in the car. Like, it's me a long car ride. I'm like, I need to pee before I get in this car. So, again, it's a shit show. Everyone's moving around. I'm trying to find my like, secret porta potty stash. I couldn't find it. It's busy. I finally, after wandering around, find it. And unfortunately, so did everybody else because the line, I have never seen a line for a porta potty, knowing that there are other bathroom options. Like I've seen long lines for porta potties when they're the only option, but when there's other options other than the porta potties and the line for the porta potties is this bad, that's when you know that's when you know the situation has gone out of control. That people are willing to stand in a very long line for a porta potty because the line for the regular bathrooms is even more atrocious. Like I was like so pissed again I think I rage tweeted or I rage something at Fenway Park like what the fuck like get your shit together it was like so mismanaged if you're again gonna have concerts like get your shit together like do I need to work here do I need to come down here and take care of this for you all like there's enough people who make a lot of money who work for Fenway who can figure this out so like get get let's get it together so that was the logistics of Fenway seeing a concert the actual concert itself was great like I mentioned Fall Out Boy couldn't play but two of the bands the opening act and then we actually did like tributes to them which was really really cool um so that was a lot of fun um but the one thing I realized I did not miss about concerts is like all the other people who show up at the concert <laughs> like oh, there was just like there was a lot of like maneuvering of the seats in the beginning because like apparently people don't know how to read a fucking ticket and figure out where they're sitting and at one point the usher was like trying to figure out with this like 
couple or this random dude and woman like where their seats are and he made some kind of comment like oh it's really hard to find your seats <laughs> but I did appreciate the sassiness of that um but the worst part is so Chris and I are there and there are these like three probably like middle-aged women who on first glance do not strike me as the kind of people who would be at this concert but I'm also on first glance not the person who probably stereotypically look like they'd be at this concert either if you were to look at me so I guess I can't pass judgment there but they look like, I don't know, like they drive minivans and are part of the PTA and find really loud music distasteful. Like that's just kind of like the vibe I got. So whenever it's the three of them, you know, you're, you're kind of talking to people, you're talking to your friend while you're there at the concert. But like typically during a concert, like I'm sitting, I'm listening to the music, I'm not sitting, but I'm listening to the music. Maybe you're singing along, you're cheering, but like I'm not having a full-blown convo. Like do people occasionally, like, is it okay to like lean over and say something quick or say something little? Yeah, cool. Like talk to your friend. But, like, these women were having a full-blown, in-depth conversation with each other. Like, the kind of conversation you have when, like, you and your girlfriends get together for, like, drinks or, like, dinner somewhere. And you're just, like, yapping and, like, really getting into it and catching up. And how are the kids? And how's Dave? And, oh, Dave's work's good. And, oh, we're going to see my mother-in-law next week. Like, that kind of, like, in-depth life catch-up conversation. They were having this. And because it's a concert, they were having it quite loudly. And it's just like right behind Chris and I. It's so obnoxious. It's so distracting. I'm like trying to like sing along and like listen to Weezer. And all I can hear is like whatever they're like suburban middle-aged woman bullshit is that they're talking about. Like I can't. So we're getting frustrated. I'm, it takes a lot of strength for me to not yell at people in public. Like I'm, I'm at the, I'm, I just, I hate all of them and I, I really need to keep it together. But I always try to promise Chris that I will. So I was really trying to keep it together, not saying anything. We kept kind of looking back at them, kind of throwing kind of like dirty looks a little bit. I loved it when they would go to the bathroom and I went up to hear them. But yeah, then they would come back and they start yapping again and full on through the whole entire opening act, whatever. They're not the main, whatever. Then all of Weezer, literally all of Weezer, except for like basically like one song. I think they listened to Africa, which again is probably the only song they hear because that was like the most like, I don't know, like biggest hit they had or like most like radio friendly hit. Like it's literally the only song they were into. It was just so obnoxious. And then we get to Green Day and Green Day was the one that like, that's the big one. By the way, that was one of the best shows. They know how to fucking put on a show. I would watch that show over and over again. But all of a sudden it's Green Day and they're still talking. And at this point, it's clear that they are not going to shut up. And then I can see other people looking around back at them too, which almost gave us like the green light <laughs> to say something because it's like, okay, it's not just us. Other people in the area are annoyed. We're not making this up. We're not being too sensitive. And now it's on us to be the heroes of Section 13. So all of a sudden, they start talking. Chris, also, God bless him. He's probably a little drunk. It gave him a little liquid courage. He he finally lost it because it's the beginning of Green Day, and he is not going to put up with it anymore. He's like, you ruined Weezer. You're not ruining Green Day. He finally looks back around, and he's like, are you going to talk the whole time? And they're all like, oh, my God. Like, how dare this man like talk to us this way? And then he just turned around. 
And at first he looked at me and I'm like patting him like, good job. And he's like, was that too harsh? Should I, should I, should I apologize? And I was like, don't you dare apologize. You hold your, I was like, you hold your ground and you don't take it back. Cause if you apologize, it erases everything you just said. And I'm like hyping him up. I'm like, you did it. Like hold your ground. You got this. <laughs> and I was so like, that's the kind of thing that like, again, reminds me why I love him. <laughs> He is not one for confrontation. Like I said, I will pick a fight with someone who like cuts me off in line, who I got in fight with a mom and a daughter at Disney World once because she got in line with me. She got in line in front of me. I was just trying to buy mini ears. <laughs> That's the kind of person I am. I refuse to take that bullshit. Chris is the complete opposite. He doesn't like to beep the horn. He doesn't like confrontation. He doesn't like when I start confrontation. So for him to say something, it means like one he's really like, you've really pushed him over the edge and it's legit. And two, like, it just, I just felt like a proud, like a proud parent or something. Like I was just smiling. I was so happy. They stopped talking. We didn't have to fucking hear them the rest of the night. And they left like halfway through green day. So like, that's like the best one. And you, you left, like, I don't know, like we're convinced that like their husbands hate them and they just bomb these tickets to get them out of the fucking house for the night. Like, I don't know. They are just so obnoxious. And so that was like the one thing I was like, don't you dare ruin this concert. I, I wanted to like turn around and be like, this is my first fucking concert in two years. I've waited literally a year for this concert. Like you need to go home, like pack it up and go. <laughs> so luckily they left. We had a great rest of the concert. We made it home, no traffic, so much fun. So yeah, it was, it was just so nice to be like back in that world, despite the like, snippety women despite the having trouble finding a place to pee <laughs> despite like all the craziness like I am so happy we went and it was just so nice to be there and the right things are going I may not go to a concert for a while again so that was I was very pleasantly surprised <laughs> that that was my experience but like what a journey I've had from my first concert like my most recent concert at Fenway Weezer, Green Day, so much fun with my husband. And then looking back at my first concert, it's like, oh, Christine, you've grown up so much. Uh, my first concert was, was it 99 or 2000? I think it was 2000. It was like right around then. That It was at, before Gillette was Gillette. I don't know what it was called then. Was it just called Foxborough Stadium? I forgot what it was called, but it was before they built Gillette. And like the seats were just like slabs of concrete <laughs> that you sat on. And it was in sync, the no strings attached tour. I know, like, it brings me back to when life was simpler. And my biggest, like, just thing in life was just Justin Timberlake. And again, prior to him ruining Britney Spears and Janet Jackson's life. <laughs> that was back when he was awesome and wonderful. And he was part of just the biggest boy band ever. And I remember my sister and I really wanted to go. I don't know. Do my parents buy us tickets or do we save? I think my parents had to have bought us tickets. I can't, I wouldn't have saved up money. I'm having a fucking job. Um, but yeah, we went, it was me and my sister and my best friend, Michelle from school. And again, we were young. We were probably, I mean, how old was I in 2000? God, two, I, don't, I can't do the math, whatever. I was like young. I was in like junior high. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> and so we went, we like wanted to like quote unquote tailgate in the parking lot. So my dad bought us like subs and we had chairs and we like there's a picture of us like sitting in a circle eating our subs like in the parking lot of Foxborough Stadium. Like thinking we're so cool. 
the outfits we have on are very indicative of the time. I think my sister had like, remember they had those like bandana, like headbands that like weren't a bandana. It was like a cheating band. Like it was like just the piece and like you tied it around. We had one of those. I had my shirt from, if anyone remembers the, the store Weathervane. I don't know if that's a local thing or that was national, but I had like outfits from them. I had like my flare jeans, which apparently are coming back in style. I just, I look at that picture and like, it's, it's a, it's a snapshot in time. It's like a fucking time machine. So that was our concert. My dad took us, my dad, my parents were not the kind of people who would like bring us to a concert, drop us off and pick us up. Like Jim was there. Jim was going to be next to you. So my dad takes us, he takes one for the team. He brings us to the stadium. He's sitting there. I mean, you should, if you knew my dad, like being at a boy band concert is not exactly where he wants to be. He brought earplugs. Like he literally bought earplugs and brought them, put them in and just sat there the whole time for the concert. Um, he was like, I don't want to listen to this music. I don't want to hear these screaming girls. I'm just going to sit here and then drive my kids home. <laughs> that was the attitude. Um, but father of the year for that one. Um, but so, yeah, I just, I look back and I started my concert days, you know, listening to NSYNC with my sister and my friend and my dad and eating subs in the parking lot to going to Fenway Park to listen to Green Day and Weezer and like bitch out some like fucking mom from like, I don't know, Westboro or whatever. <laughs> so uh, it's been a journey. I'm excited for more concerts. Pray to God that 2022 can actually happen. And I hope to go to more concerts soon. I want to go start going again to like the smaller like concert venues or bars or something for concerts because those are sometimes the best ones. But I don't know if I'd feel comfortable <laughs> being there right now, to be honest. So uh, let's hope we can get going. Hopefully I don't have to fight with any more ticket companies <laughs> anymore. Um, and yeah, maybe I'll get to I'll get a big windfall from a SeatGeek lawsuit settlement and I can just pack up and move to an island and not have to do anything again. That would be sweet. If, if that turned out to be the case, that $500 that we almost didn't get back would have been the best money I've ever spent. So pray for me. <laughs> um, but thanks for listening to another episode. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, share with me some of your best concert or actually worst concert memories. What were the concert moments that you just can't even with? Because I'm sure I have a couple more <laughs> as well. Um, but thanks for listening and hopefully I'll get to talk with you all soon. Bye guys.